Hello, this is Tabu Winslow Morris, sole owner and founder of Triumphant Athletic Agency. Let's play ball and win. Thank you for tuning in to my podcast, Confronting Goliath, a genuine discussion with and for genuine folk. Today, our genuine discussion is about what it takes to get, get a startup from your imagination to fruition. That that. That can and is a Goliath in many, many entrepreneurs' lives. Approximately 11 out of 12 businesses fail. Reasons for failing, money runs out, wrong market, lack of resource, research, bad partnership, bad marketing, not an expert. There are currently 31.7 million small businesses in the United States, which make up 99.9% of all U.S. businesses. Many small businesses start up every month, but the failure rate is high. As of 2019, startup failure rates are around 90%. 21.5% of startups fail in the first year. 30% in the second year, 50% in the fifth year, and 70% in their 10th year. And that was taken from the Small Business Development Center. 19 Black-owned coffee brands and roasters you can order from online. We're definitely believers in integrating coffee as a part of healthy lifestyle. No matter how you drink it, ice, filtered, brewed, or enjoy it, enjoy it as a part of caffeine microdosing routine. According to studies, regular coffee consumption can have many benefits, including correlations with lower body fat in women and increased fat burning potentials, helping fight type 2 diabetes, and preventing neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's disease. Like many other industries, the world of coffee and especially, especially specialty and competitive coffee is very white and a very male. But there are plenty of notable black owned roasters and coffee brands that are working to shift the dialogue surrounding this popular beverage and to remind consumers of, of its history and origin. The coffee plant along with tobacco, sugarcane, and cotton, was a, was a crop that was cultivated by slave labor in the, in the Americas. Connecting Black lives to the history of plants' massive influence in modern culture, the plant, isn't, it, the plant itself is tied to Africa. It was discovered and taken from north northeastern Africa. Many sources, especially specifically, say Ethiopia, in the 17th century, according to the Specialty Coffee Association, coffee arabica. I'm saying this wrong. The most commonly consumed form of coffee originated in the forests of Ethiopia and South Sudan, then famously spread throughout the world for the, pro for the production of its seeds. Legends say the same. According to esteemed writer Alexandria Damas, the coffee plant originated in Yemen, just across the Red Sea from Ethiopia. Another popular legend says it was discovered by the goat herder named Kaldai in the hills of Ethiopia. The one thing that's certain is that the coffee plant 
and its consumed varieties originated in Africa. But there are plenty of coffee brands that can allow coffee drinkers to connect with the beverages, history, support a Black-owned business, and enjoy delicious cup of joe. There are several, several of them, 19 of them, Coffee Black based in Memphis, Red Bay Coffee, Black and Bold, which is their stock, their stock, they stock their beans in Target and Walled and Whole Foods Markets. Kawaya 1893 is a Kenyan coffee. Sip and Sonder is um, located in Inglewood, California. Boone Bonner Coffee, that, this is a Seattle-based brand. Black and White Coffee Roasters, which is, you can purchase online. Portrait Coffee, West, which is located based in West End of Atlanta. Three Keys Coffee, based in Houston. Reveal Trading Company is a veteran-owned company that imports coffee from all over the world and facilities. Brightland Coffee, which is based in Philadelphia. Black Acres Roastery, located in Baltimore. Black Coffee Fort Worth, East was, is located in East Fort Worth location. Vibrant Coffee, another Baltimore-based brand. Southeastern Coffee Roasters, which is in Isle of White County, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. Bean Fruit Coffee, which is based in Mississippi. Harsha Coffee, which is um, a cafe in Captain, California. Sales Brew Coffee, which is located in Pasadena, California. Not So Urban Coffee and Roasters, which is located in Charleston, South Carolina. All of these are Black-owned coffee brands and roasters that you could support. I found this off of MBG. And you can also get this information off of www.mindbodygreen.com. Today, our genuine discussion, like I said, is a startup. And I want to welcome Bradley Bruce and Corey Alexander, co-owners of All People's Coffee. Welcome, Corey and Bradley. And I thank you for participating with me on Confronting Galalith. Corey and Brandy, can you tell us, tell my listeners a little bit about um, your coffee and beverage shop and where you're located? Absolutely. Hi, Tabu. Thank you for having us today. Um, Dr. Bradley Bruce and I, we are wonderfully uh, excited to be here in East Nashville, Tennessee. We're in the, the Cleveland Park area of East Nashville. Uh, we have a wonderful shop at the corner of Douglas and Lishy. Uh, it's a historic, uh, historic black neighborhood that has so much culture and diversity. Um, our shop was, was the brainchild of, of Bradley and, and my business acumen and his, uh, his vision for this place is kind of what, what pushed us to have a coffee and a beverage hall to bring community together, to bring people together, to, to have a place to where no matter what, what you look like, where you come from, what you believe, who you worship, uh, how much money you have, doesn't matter here. We just want you to come and, and be part of something bigger than yourself, be part of the community and 
have a, a glass of beer, a glass of wine, or a cup of coffee, and just enjoy fellowshipping with others. Yeah, Corey hit it right on the uh, the money. Um, my vision for the shop when I approached Corey was really to just be a, an inclusive environment. And so all of us experienced 2022 with all of its uh, hardships, especially the divisiveness that was going on in America. And so we wanted to counteract that. And so I approached Corey with this concept of uh, first coffee and bikes. And then we slowly molded our idea to something that would be enriching. And so allow people to feel comfortable in their own skin. And Corey brings a tremendous amount of background and research from an entrepreneur perspective. I have a lot in detail orientation, so our partnership has, has really been um, perfect for one another. We really complement each other, and I think that's really important when you're starting a new business. Thank you, guys. Well, you kind of answered my next question. What made you select this type of business and industry? Absolutely. Um, well, all people drink coffee, <laughs> and so no matter if it's it's roasted, chilled, hot, I really feel like there is uh, a beverage out there for all people. Um, with that being said, we wanted to provide something that would be well-versed enough um, that would support our business model, but also inclusive enough that really helps support all people. Um, and that was really um, kind of the start of, of, of the shop and starting to select locations. Now, location is... Uh, it's super important anytime you're starting a new business, especially a brick and mortar, when a lot of uh, businesses nowadays are going virtual. Um, so you want to make sure you have a key location and also serve a high quality product. And we felt like we could do that with coffee and also beer and wine. Yeah. Thank you. Like Bradley said, I think this concept is something that that's not huge in this community. Uh, our, our, our beer wall, our tap wall is actually self serve or self-pour and we are the only self-pour tap wall in nashville um, wow and we're east nashville's only black owned coffee shop we're one of we're one of the very few black owned uh coffee shops in nashville but we're the only black owned coffee and beverage uh hall in nashville as a whole so this this was a concept that that bradley and i kind of molded together because it, it was a desert for what what we do yeah. uh, and, and so far we're really excited to continue pushing this vision well I want you to know guys I did my little I did some homework and I was really surprised of how much of a need this was in our black communities that we didn't have any um, coffee shops within the black community who were operated and owned um, I really was surprised by that because when I go into Starbucks and I see who's standing in the line, there are a lot of minorities standing in that line. And I was like, wow, I didn't realize that that was a need in our community. So when I found the article about the 19 black owned coffee brands and roasters, I was excited. So with your coffee selection, are you utilizing any of these, um, any of the names that I named off the 19 brewers um, coffee beans or where are you getting your coffee beans from? So not currently. We have, we've talked to several different roasters out there and we did some extensive research. Uh, we are getting our beans from uh, a company called Osa Coffee Roasters. Uh, the roaster's name is Jack Egan. He's an amazing human being, an amazing man who 
supports diversity and inclusion and, and really supports our vision. Um, he's not black owned, but he's great. Part of the reason why we wanted to, to go with Jack and, and someone here is we kept almost everything we do local. Uh, almost everything in our shop is local to Nashville. Obviously we want to, uh, to push black owned. Uh, we want to push black business. So things like our concrete maker, uh, our countertops, our, our decor, our lighting, a lot of the things that, and a lot of aspects of our shop are, are, are black owned. But uh, if it's not, it is local to Nashville. And that was a big thing that we wanted because Nashville is an amazing city that's growing, that is diverse. And people love this place and we, we love Nashville. So um, Osa Roasters, Jack Egan, he's an amazing guy and, and we've had a, a great relationship and our coffee is amazing. Yeah. Well, that's... But from the start when we met Jack, um, one of the questions I asked Jack is was, is, was he supportive of black owned businesses and minority owned businesses? And his partner is actually female. And so that was one thing that has really been a, a match from the beginning is they understood our concept, understood our vision, and they brought a tremendous amount of experience in the coffee industry that is uh, very, very competitive. Well, a good partnership is always great. And I like the fact that you, um, you're embodying, embodying localism and making sure that the money within the community, you know, turns over. That's awesome. It, it has to. And I think that's one, one area in the black community that we're lacking is, is true support and, and not just, you know, I'll come by. No, I mean support of one another in pushing each other's businesses and, and bringing in each other to, to cross promote, to cross market, to, to keep dollars in our community. Not that we don't want everyone's money, but we want to support each other. If we can support the, the local uh, African-American church down the street, we're going to do that. If we can support um, the local uh, neighborhood contractor who's African-American, we're going we're gonna to do that and vice versa. Um, we're about community. Like Bradley and I mentioned, we don't care what you look like, where you come from, but it's important to support each other, especially in our in our black communities, because there are so few black business owners that we want to continue to uplift what we do so that the, the little black boys and girls, when they come into a shop, they see black men and black women and they go, I want to do exactly what they're doing one day because we don't have enough of that. Exactly. Well, I can, I can tell you that um, in my past history, in banking, the problem is that every other community, every other ethnic group does that, and we don't. So I'm hoping in 2022, we can change that around. Can you share some of the Galalith, your partner, partner you have um, had to confront in order to birth your business? Yes, um, we, we have uh, climbed a a few hills along our, our small journey, but the first thing what we needed to get in agreement with was location. Um, so we were very fortunate and blessed to find a very good location. And um, we were passionate about the location of our shop because we wanted it to be in a community that was representative of the, the clientele that we wanted to serve. Um, but with finding a location, uh, we had to go through a build out process really building this shop from the ground up. So that means we had to partner with architects, builders, and uh, the city of Nashville with permitting to ensure that we're properly uh, licensed to, um, to 
build out our dream and to see that vision through. Uh, and so when we you start putting out timelines, um, I would encourage all new entrepreneurs that want to get involved in, in a new space. If you're going to build out, just expect to double your timeline because there will <laughs> always be roadblocks <clears throat> and um, bumps that you'll hit along the way. So when we submitted our permitting to the city of Nashville, it was May of 2021. We actually didn't get a response and um, about when we could start building out for several months. Um, during that time, we kept active and kept pushing um, to get things prepared for the shop. So just because you're you're waiting on one aspect um, of your, your dream to come to fruition does not mean you, you totally stop working. So Corey and I, we've met probably, it seems like we talk every day, every moment, but we, we, we made a, a plan to meet consistently weekly um, to start hashing out other issues like developing a menu, uh, what sort of drink options are we going to offer, what does the decor look like, and start making those decisions while we were waiting to get proper approval. So the city approval for us to actually build out was a big hurdle and um, <clears throat> no surprise to um, our build out process, but getting material and actually completing build out was another um, major hurdle. So we went with a local um, <clears throat> contractor in the Nashville area to help us expedite our process to ensure that we could build out our vision. So the whole build out process was a major hurdle uh, that we had to uh, accomplish. Um, but there was there was a, certainly a, several nights where Corey and I were scratching our heads thinking like, ah, is this actually gonna come true? Um, so we really played off of one another to ensure um, that we kept each other uh, not only motivated, but positive during that experience. Um, so it's always good to have someone that you can, uh, can bounce ideas off of, but also to, to keep you focused on the dream at hand. Now, would you guys, what kind of lease did you get with this, with your building? Are you, are you buying the, the space you're in or are you leasing it? So we are currently leasing our space. We're in a five-year term uh, with an option after that five years. Now, Bradley's you know, vision and, and my goal for, for this is to hopefully one day uh, own, own property and real estate with, with All People Coffee and continue to expand what we're doing, whether that's in this space or buy another space down the road. Uh, so our success, hopefully, uh, will allow us to be able to do that in the in the near future. Okay. And with your with your financing, how did that go? Did you did your um, did the owner of the property provide any like financing, or are they get, did they give you a window of when you was going to have to start paying? Because sometimes with with leasing space for business. Sometimes the owner will say, okay, we will we'll give you a, a year or maybe 30 days before we have to before you have to start paying your your rent. Did they do anything special for you guys? Especially so, in the middle of COVID. <laughs> we, right. we, we were fortunate that we have a landlord who allowed us um, who, who gave us some build out funds, which was great to, to work okay. towards build out because we, we did have this building from the ground up. Um, and from the ground up, meaning we had concrete and gravel in the shop. Uh, wow. no, no walls, uh, no drywall. So he did provide some funds to help get us to build out. And okay. from there, we were, we were very fortunate to be able to finance this personally. Um, Bradley and I were able to, to not have to take out, you know, uh, too many like that. So everything was privately funded. 
Um, okay. Brad, uh, Bradley and his, his girlfriend Lindsay did an amazing job of of crafting uh, a very compelling presentation while he was finishing his master's degree um, to where we won some grant money, uh, which was Yay. some good seed. Yeah, it was wonderful. <laughs> uh, some seed money to help us purchase some things. When, and, and it's been an amazing process to help us get to where we needed to be. Um, but we didn't have to go out and find too much finance. It was great. Uh, we are the only two partners, 50-50 uh, partners in this organization. And it's been uh, an awesome ride. And it's been relatively uh, smooth on the financing piece. I know that's not always the case. And, and it's been it's been a blessing. Yeah, and I'd like to yeah. just encourage um, for the folks that are starting a new business is there's a lot of free money out there. So what, what Corey and I talked about is free money is always good money. So you wanna make sure that um, that free money, what kind of strings that come along with it. But if there's opportunities for you to, to, to get money to really push your dream that people build in like grants and uh, uh, different uh, types of loans. Those are the kind of things that you want to research and, and go after. Because uh, not everybody's fortunate enough to be able to pour, um, you know, personal finances into a business and to see a, a dream come true. And like the story about um, construction, that you want to allow double the amount of time for uh, construction. You also want to. Um, adjust what your uh, assumed budget would be for building out a shop and you want to um, probably double that to, to make sure that you have enough financing uh, to build out your dream but also operating capital to see that dream come through and off the ground. Thank you fellas that's that's awesome I mean so many entrepreneurs get excited about a dream and they want to birth it but they don't understand the steps and they don't understand the steps that you have to go through to, to get that 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 child from your from your gut out to the world no that's that's absolutely the truth and this is my my fifth uh enterprise my fifth business that i i've started and it's a lot of trial and error you're gonna fail a lot of times as long as you, you learn from every one of those failures and those mistakes you know you'll be able to birth something beautiful in, in, into you know the business world as long as you maintain your dream maintain the vision get all your ducks in a row and then reach out to people who have done this before reach out to people who are smarter than you um, don't put yourself in a room to where you think you know everything because you don't I promise you you don't and and then that will help you to grow and develop and ultimately run a business that's going to be very successful if you surround yourself with people who've done this before and have done it successfully and never stop asking questions um, just because um, I'm, I'm a doctor in the medical field does not does not mean that I'm an expert at coffee it does not mean I have a doctorate in you know entrepreneurship and those sort of things <laughs> but you, you've really got to humble yourself and learn your craft from the ground up um, and that starts with actually uh, doing the work um, so Corey and I we've been in here multiple nights um, just thinking through the space, the workflow, and how things are gonna occur. And then you test those things uh, in theory, but when, when you actually see them come to fruition, you've gotta be nimble enough to adjust uh, um, to the customer and the clientele base to, to make sure your business is gonna be successful. Uh, so just be inquisitive, be detailed oriented, but, but don't lose track of, of the overall picture. Exactly, you gotta know when to pivot. Right, exactly. Now, I have a question about the product selection. 
were you able, I've seen businesses in the past when they sell in a product, um, have problems with how it's priced and how, how they actually, um, how it's priced and having problems because you are working with one guy with the coffee, what's going on with your beer selection? How did you, how did, how did you select your products? And did you get any compensation or break on bringing the products into your your store before selling it? Your price points and all that. So what Bradley and our team did, and myself included, before we even opened, we did a ton of market research um, with local coffee shops, with other roasters, with all of our vendors to figure out who had the best price points. Uh, to figure out how much we were going to price things. But like you mentioned, we had to adjust. Even yesterday, we adjusted the price of our bagels. We realized that we were a little expensive, so we had to adjust there. So being nimble, as Bradley said, is important. But when it came to when it comes to beer in our wine and liquor, um, bringing those into the shop is we're still in that process of doing all of those things. But all of the local uh, vendors we went and met with. We went and met with most of the distillers and the brewers in, in the Nashville area to one, build relationships. Two, we rotate or, or will rotate what we have on tap. So no one gave us any incentives and they didn't have to. It's we wanted to work with them. So crafting our price points was based upon what we wanted to make off of the product, but also we didn't want to be exorbitant in charging people. Our model's a little different because we have a self-pour tap wall. Um, which is the only one in Nashville, so it is a is a peculiarity, um, and it's a it's a novelty to a lot of people. So that that affects the price. But ultimately, we did a lot of research. We met with a lot of people. Um, no such thing as kickback here. We want to do things by the book and make sure that we we give everybody a fair shake in in how we present. But with our model and how we want to everyone in Nashville and rotating things on tap and rotating things that aren't coffee wise right now. Uh, it allows us to promote so many businesses, so many small businesses, so many breweries and, and small companies in the national market to where we're competitive in price. We have a lot of selection. We get to rotate what we do and the community's excited about it because it's going to be different, you know, every week or every month and we get to be flexible and we get to have fun doing it. And That's awesome. a couple things I would I would add to what Corey said um, is when we met with the, the local vendors is we asked them so many questions. So they're intimately tied with us as well. Um, like, for example, OSA, the more coffee beans we sell or the more coffee we beans we purchase from them. So they provide a lot of insight on pricing, products, um, when we should order things, how fast things should turn over. What works and what doesn't. What doesn't work, absolutely. And so you just have to be open and inquisitive to ask questions. Uh, and a lot of people are willing to give you uh, very detailed answers, honestly, about what margins you should have. Um, but a general rule of thumb, you need to be able to cover your overhead, uh, your staffing, um, if you're in some sort of leasing agreement, that, and then also make turn a profit. Um, so you need to price it as such so you can meet all of those different goals uh, that you're trying to achieve to be a, a well-run well and successful business. Now, how many hours of operations have you guys on, open and how many employees did you, did you hire on board? 
So hours of operation that we're on, um, we are in our second week of being open actually. Um, so we are, we're still brand new into this market. Employee-wise, hired uh, seven employees, including Bradley and myself. Our GM, uh, our GM's name is, is Katie Schmucker. She is a phenomenal human being who has some good coffee experience and honestly is one of the driving factors in why we've had some pretty immediate success. I'm not gonna lie about it. We've been, we've been very, very successful in our first uh, few days. Um, but our staff is great. Our staff is awesome. They're people uh, who really want to drive the vision and the mission. They get what we're doing. And we've had more applications in the last week than I know what to do with, to be honest with you, uh, <laughs> Ms. Winslow Morris. But ultimately, ultimately, uh, we're, new in, we're new in the hood. We really are. We have, we've had some great, great people come by and some great support in social media. It's been amazing. Um, and our social media is done by my wife, Courtney. Uh, so it's been it's been awesome. It's been truly awesome. Uh, the community has really gotten behind us. We've had people from I mean, in our first or second day, we had people from Louisville drive into town, and said, "Hey, we just looked up Black business. Uh, I'm also in the military or a veteran-owned business," and they said we were looking for a veteran or Black-owned business, and we want to support you. So getting people from out of town coming in and having the staff that we have, it's been honestly, it's been a dream. It really has been a dream. Absolutely. That's awesome, guys. That is truly awesome. How is COVID impacting you as a startup? And how has it shaped your marketing strategies? Absolutely. Well, um, I mentioned before that I'm in the healthcare field, so I'm a pharmacist by trade. Um, so I'm intimately aware with COVID and the things that uh, it's, it's how it's impacted not only communities, but the healthcare community. Um, so even when um, we started this vision well over a year ago, um, COVID was in a very, very different place. And so we've seen um, three now going on our fourth surge with COVID. Um, so we had to be really conscious of the things that um, we, we do as a business and the timing and when we opened. Um, some things you have control over, some things you don't. Obviously COVID is one of those things. I think, um, Fortunately for our business right now, we're at the state that people are not foreign um, to COVID and mask and not mask. And um, uh, we're fortunate enough to have um, uh, vaccines as a pharmacist. We have good treatment options. Um, so we just were really conscious of when our business uh, was going to launch. Um, and then the things that we put in the shop, like just little things that we thought of is like before COVID, you could, you could have a 900 square foot shop and and try to cram as many people in as possible. So those things you could get away with as a business. But when we thought um, strategically about what it looks like after COVID or what it looks like during COVID in case we launched during in the midst of a pandemic, which we are, um, we really wanted to be mindful about giving people space and pe giving people the ability to spread out uh, and just feel comfortable. Because uh, we're in a very different state than we were even two years ago. Um, so things like our, our, our water fountain is touchless. So that's something that we specifically thought of um, because we know people are just more conscious of, of touching things and, and having an environment that they feel comfortable in. Uh, and that really meets our, our vision, but that's something that I constantly look at and we constantly have conversations with Corey and how that affects, um, you know, affects people um, and how they come in. Um, but 
really just creating an environment that everybody is comfortable in uh, from a COVID perspective and giving people space and room to kind of spread out and not have people on top of each other. Uh, we continue to monitor the, the COVID situation and, and uh, honestly, we just um, are nimble to the fact that if things uh, you know, need to change or things we need to adjust, we just adjust as a business to ensure the success of, of, of our brand long term. Thank you. Well, I can tell you this, the Starbucks hasn't, um, their, their traffic flow hasn't gone down much. <laughs> so I don't think you guys are going to have a problem. <laughs> No, yeah. not, a, not at all. I mean, today uh, today was our busiest day on record so far as a company. And in Nashville, rather than I are sitting in the shop right now, there's five or six inches of snow on the ground. And, and if you're not familiar, Nashville does not do well with snow. So <laughs> having the busiest day ever in the midst of a pandemic on a day to where there's nothing but snow out, it, it's amazing. So people will come drink coffee. No matter rain, sleet, snow, sunshine, pandemic, doesn't matter. They're coming. That's a good thing. It's a great thing. Yeah. When would you say you are successful and why? What 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 would what? How does that look to you? Uh, yeah, hard question I, for me. I think you have to define success, uh, and that looks different for uh, Corey and looks different for me. Um, I know one thing that Corey and I talked about um, from a success perspective, if we can add to the representation of a black business in the coffee space and, and beer and wine space, that to me is a success that, that I think we've already achieved. Um, I, I think long term, I want um, people to be able to come into the shop that looks like me, um, like a younger version of myself. Um, I can come in and say, hey, I can do that. I can do whatever I want as long as I put my mind to it. So success for me is to, to inspire people to do things that are um, great in the community and that uh, pushes them to be the best version of themselves. Uh, of course, there's financial success. Um, that looks different for every person. Uh, we'd like to see our business grow uh, and uh, hopefully multiply throughout not only this community, but other communities. But for me, um, what I look at success is, uh, first, we opened up a shop uh, during a, a time that has been really hard on a lot of small businesses. Uh, but then second, long term, having uh, you know, young folks come in and, and, and be inspired to, to do something bold and, and audacious. Thank you. If you could make one wish today for your business and personally, what would it be and why? And I would like to hear from Corey and Dr. Bradley on this one. That's a, that's a good one. So one wish for the business and personally. Um, one wish for this business is that I, I hope that it flourishes and that we are able to replicate this in so many other communities that need Black-owned business, that need coffee shop with representation of African-Americans and that honestly need to be exposed to the, the benefits of having a great conversation over a cup of coffee or wine or beer. Uh, that is my wish is that this becomes a model that other people want to adopt and, and do and franchise and, and take, you know, nationally. I think it would be phenomenal. Um, personally, my wish is that as I continue to, to work in the shop and get to develop relationships and meet people that I impact lives in a positive way. 
even if it is just over a cup of coffee. Um, my life is, is only as important as God allows it to be. And I pray that I, w- I wish that I continue to help people and I continue to make a little bit better just by providing something that, you know, they came in for. So that's really what, what I'm focused on. Thank you. And for me, um, <clears throat> I'll start personally. Uh, my motto as, as a healthcare professional has always been to help people um, that help people. Um, and you can do that many, many ways um, by making healthcare providers' lives easier in the little things you do. Uh, I want to transition that wish over from a service industry perspective, from a coffee standpoint, is I want to serve people so they can go out and serve people. So that's my wish, is that we can be a beacon of hope and light uh, to inspire people to be inclusive and to serve others. Um, I I truly feel like God's given me the calling to to be of service for people. Um, and so my wish is personally is to, is to do that. For the business, I think Corey and I are on the same page. We wanna, my wish for the business is to, to see it flourish and to touch other communities and to grow. Um, so I'm, I'm in the same kind of campus Corey is on the, the overall wish for the company. Thank you fellas for sharing that. Have you both been fully COVID boosted and vaccinated? And did you require your seven employees to do so likewise? So Bradley, as a healthcare official, he absolutely has. Um, I also work in the healthcare space. That is my, my one of my other companies is behavioral health. So uh, it's been critical for us to be vaccinated, to have a uh, fully vaccinated. And I actually got my booster yesterday. Um, so that has been a big piece. Now, as for, for our staff, uh, we have an inclusive staff. We, we have not mandated that our staff uh, gets vaccines. Uh, of course, that we say, hey, we, we believe in God, but we trust science. Um, so we hope that they do. Uh, but being where we are, it's in, in the environment that we're in, we want people to make the decision that fits their life the best. Uh, obviously, we, we want to require masks and we want people to uh, be as safe as possible. But uh, I don't believe we would be completely true to our values of all people being inclusive if we forced people to do something they didn't believe that they should do. Um, we encourage, but we don't force. Thank you. That was well said. Thank you, Corey and Dr. Bradley, for coming onto my podcast today. Listeners, tune in the next time to listen to a genuine discussion with and for genuine folk. Listeners, please become a listener supporter and let's play ball and win. This is Taboo Winslow Mars, sole owner and founder of Triumphant Athletic Agency. Corey and Dr. Bradley, can you please one more time tell my listeners where you are located and your hours of operation so they can swing by and get a cup, get a cup of joe or have a nice drink? Absolutely. So we are located uh, in the Cleveland Park area in East Nashville, uh, Tennessee, and our hours of operation are 6.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. currently. Um, And once we start expanding our operations, we'll have a tap wall that's fully function and we'll be able to expand our to the evening hours even more. Uh, So we're located on the corner of Douglas and Leachy in East Nashville and the Cleveland Park area. Thank you, fellas, for joining me 
today and I wish y'all much success. I would love to be able to, the next time I'm in the area, be able to swing by and get me a cup of gel. <laughs> Please do. Please do. We'd love to have you. Thank you, fellas. And you both have a, a absolute great evening. Thank you. You too. too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.